It looked great. Good to see you. Anything else? Okay, let me start this. Here's your Mother's Day message. Turn back to John chapter 5. I actually thought about writing a message, but then I, I ended up back here because I, I have been consumed with John chapter 5. I've been waiting to get to these verses, verse 39 and 40. I've been, I actually, I've entitled this message the same as the other messages, Christ, Deity, and Power. This is part 7. I can't believe uh, really it's part 8 because we preached part 1 back a while ago. And then we started back up again. But in, in, in essence, I would, I would call this search the scriptures because this is what these guys are doing. These men that our Lord Jesus Christ is dealing with. And folks, I tell you, these guys, though they are moral and sincere and religious and dedicated, they are dead in trespasses and sin ignorant of the righteousness of God. And we're going to see as we go through this this morning today, because they were ignorant of the righteousness of God, they don't even realize that they're going about to establish their own righteousness. And Christ points it out to them. You want to be Christ-like? Be honest. And he's honest with them concerning one thing, the Word of God. And as God's children, those that are born of God, regenerated and converted by God the Holy Spirit, the Word of God, which we have, almost everybody here today has one, is that which is, should be, I didn't say which, I started to say which is, which should be of the highest value to you and me, seeing it directs us or points us to Christ and salvation through His accomplished death alone. King David, a man twice said to be a, man after God's own heart, declared the following concerning God's word. Listen to me. Wherewithal shall a young man cleanse his way? By taking heed thereunto according to thy word. This is all in Psalm 119. He writes again, Let thy mercies come also unto me, O Lord, even thy salvation, according to thy word. And then one more. This is Psalm 119, verse 114. Thou art my hiding place and my shield. I hope in thy word. The word of God from Genesis to Revelations concerns God's eternal purpose, all of it. God's eternal purpose and his degree and his plan to save his people from their sins through the life and death of the surety and substitute of his people, the Lord Jesus Christ. That's what it's about. And you listen to me. The word of God, the word of God is of infinite value so much that this same King David that recorded Psalm 119 he said this in Psalm 138, I will worship toward thy holy temple and praise thy name for thy loving kindness and for thy truth. Let, get a grasp on this next statement that he makes. For thou hast magnified thy word above 
thy name. Let that sink in. Thou hast magnified thy word above thy. Well, I think to put this in context, you've got to think of John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word. The Word was God. Right? So what's he magnified above his name? The eternal Word, the Lord Jesus Christ. And folks, we should value the Word of God above everything. And we should read it. And I, here's something else. Not just read it. You know what we need to do? Study to show thyself approved to God. A workman that needeth not be ashamed, rightly dividing, rightly interpreting, rightly applying the word of truth. I always think about that guy that he was a senator from up in New York State, played for the New York Knickerbockers. And I remember, I don't even remember his name now. You can tell me if you remember later. He was a famous player for the New York Knicks years ago. Years ago. I'm talking about 50 years ago. He memorized the entire Bible. They said you could ask him any verse. He could quote it to you verbatim. That'd do you no good. Did him no good. He's a Catholic. Didn't believe the gospel. Had not rested in Christ as the Lord, his righteousness. But yet he knew the word of God. Could quote it. And see, this is so important. When I talk about that we need to value the word of God, I'm not talking about a mere reading of the Word of God. I remember my daddy every day. You know, he, up to him, when he died at 81 years of age, he took that little Louisiana that Baptist faith and they had a little book that came out that they sent, picked up, and it had their daily Bible reading. And that was the last thing daddy did every morning. First thing he did in the morning, first, last thing he did every night, he read the Scriptures. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm not just talking about reading the book. I can remember I read the Bible through multiple times as a lost false preacher I followed Mr. Spurgeon's thing of five chapters in the Old Testament one chapter in the New Testament and if you do that I think that's the ratio and at the end of the year you read the Bible through one time but I was so bold I read on I read on I'd read more than five I'd read 10 or 20 or 30 you know try try to get through and then struggle through first second Kings first second Chronicles you know just laboring to get through it but I, I could say I've read the Bible through and I'm not talking about how so many people put so much effort into habitually reading the Scriptures. Because here's the thing. If a man or a woman's not been born of God, they can read the Word of God, they can study the Word of God, and he memorize the Word of God. But folks, listen to me, and I want to be very clear on it. These words written down in here, they got no life in them just on the paper. The life is how it's given by the Holy Spirit through the person and work of the Lord Jesus Christ. Because there's no life just in this. And we're going to see that this morning. We looked at, at the first two witnesses, and I'm not going back over that. If you hadn't watched the messages, go back. You, hadn't, you don't know what I'm talking about, go back. There were two witnesses. Christ is, is proven beyond a shadow of a doubt his deity and his power. And he's bringing three witnesses because we know that only under the voice of two or three witnesses, it settles a matter, according to the Old Testament. And in these two verses we want to look at this morning, 
Our Lord Jesus Christ brings the third and final witness, a witness that left those lost religious Jews without an excuse. And what's the third witness? It's the scriptures. Look at verse 38, 39, and 40. He said, search the scriptures, for in them you think you have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me, and you will not come to me that you might have life. thought about this a long time before I wrote it down this week. This third and final witness that John cited, it's the most important witness to you and me. The word of God. You think about it. John the Baptist is long since dead and gone. He was the forerunner of Christ. He's gone. The words of our Lord Jesus Christ and the works of our Lord Jesus Christ that he said bore testimony of him. They're no longer before our eyes. I hadn't seen anybody raised from the dead. Anybody here? I hadn't seen sight restored to the blind. I hadn't seen anybody walk on water. I haven't recorded in this word those things that testified of his deity and his power. They're no longer before us. And get this one. The voice of the Father is no longer heard from heaven. God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spoke unto our fathers by the prophets. He spoke from heaven three times, two for sure. I think three times he spoke from heaven. This is my beloved son, whom I'm well pleased. This is my beloved son. Hear him. They're all gone. They're not before our eyes. But you think about this. The witness that Christ brings forth here, the testimony that the Lord brings before him here, the scriptures testify for how long? Forever. Old Testament scriptures, they testify to Christ. Didn't they? Affirming his deity and his power. After our Lord Jesus Christ had been crucified, and after, according to his promise, he had been raised from the dead. Christ appeared. Remember those two guys walking on the road to the road of Emmaus? It's hard to say. Walking down the road of Emmaus. And what were they doing? They, they were mourning over the fact that Christ had died. And that he had told them three days, I'm going to rise from the dead. They hadn't seen him yet. And they think, it's all over. You go back and read it. It's in Luke chapter 24 if you want to read that discourse that our Lord, our Lord just amazingly walked up with these guys. And, begins, and he hears them talking. Well, he didn't have to hear them. He knew what they were thinking, even if they would not ordered, ordered a word. But they were bemoaning the fact that, that basically they thought, like the apostles, it's all over. Remember Peter? Let's go fishing. Let's go back and do what we did before. Because it's over. He's gone. He's failed. He's not alive. Our Lord Jesus Christ walks up to these guys, questions, what are y'all moaning about? What are you groaning about? What are you so broken? And they said, have you not heard? You, you, you haven't heard what's happened? And Christ takes the Old Testament Scriptures... Old Testament scripture, and he lovingly and kindly and graciously reproves these two guys of this unbelief. How prone are we to do that always? Even as justified saints. 
Listen to our Lord. Then he said unto them, O fools and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not Christ to have suffered these things and to enter into his glory and beginning at Moses and all the prophets? He expounded unto them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Imagine that. The eternal word of God taking the time to take everything. It said he expounded to them everything from the Old Testament concerning himself. And when they got done and he disappeared, walked away, they looked at one another and said, Did not our hearts burn within us when he spoke to us on the road? These men... These two men on the road of Emmaus, just like the apostles, they were common men. They were fishers, common laborers. They were not religious leaders. They were not scholars and students of the Old Testament Scripture. And our Lord Jesus Christ, He lovingly witnessed to them of His person and His work. These Jews, to whom our Lord Jesus Christ is bringing these two or three witnesses that confirm his deity and his power, who were they? They were so-called supposed students of the Word of God, and they were scholars of the Word of God, the Old Testament. Yet our Lord Jesus Christ looks at them and not lovingly reproves them of their unbelief. He says to them, search the Scriptures. For in them you think you have eternal life. I love the actual literal. This is Young's literal translation of that verse. You search the writings. You search. You do search them. Because you think in them, in your study of them, you have life age. In other words, internal life. According to the Apostle Paul, our Lord Jesus Christ had graciously committed into the hands of the Jews National Israel, these religious scholars and leaders, he had committed into their hands the word of God. Paul asked this question in Romans 3, verse 1 and 2. What advantage then hath the Jew, national Jew? Or what profit is there in circumcision? And then he answers his own question, much in every way. Chiefly, or most important, the top, the top thing of being a Jew Because unto them were committed. What was committed unto them? The oracles of God. The word of God. And if you know anything about the Old Testament, these scriptures were read not only by kings. You remember, occasionally, you go back and read those Old Testament stories, several Old Testament kings would say it, tell them, go get the scriptures and bring them to me. They couldn't sleep at night. Bring the scriptures and read them to me. Kings had the scriptures read to them. Judges had the scriptures read to them. But folks, it was read by common people too. The scriptures were. According to Paul, parents, back then, Jewish parents, instructed their children out of what? The oracles of God. Listen to you. But continue thou in those things which thou hast learned and hast been assured of knowing of whom thou hast learned them, and that from a child thou hast known the Holy Scriptures, 
which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. They did not have a King James Version of the Bible. What scriptures were they taught from? Timothy, this young preacher that he wrote that to, who did his grandmother and his mother, Lois and whatever the other one's name, where'd they teach him from? Because listen, you, you know common, they're, they're, not, they're not priests. They're not scribes and Pharisees. Somehow they had a handle on the scriptures, those oracles, and they taught this young man, Timothy, from the scriptures. They didn't have Matthew, Mark, Luke. didn't have Romans. didn't have Ephesians. They had the Old Testament. And that Old Testament scriptures, what do they testify of? I can't tell you how, it, it almost infuriates me to think back all those years I spent when everybody tried to force this lie down my throat. We're New Testament saints, not Old Testament saints. Like somehow or another, they back there believe something different than we do. That Old Testament testified of Christ. And see, the scriptures were read and expounded every Sabbath day. Every Saturday they gathered and read the scriptures. These Old Testament scriptures, they were examined by the scribes and Pharisees, particularly. They examined them and, and studied them and, and just labored over them. What were they looking for? They were looking for clues or evidence how they could find who? Messiah. And I know that's to be the case that because when remember when Herod, remember when Herod was made aware that the king of the Jews was going to be born? Listen to this. When Herod the king had heard these things, he was troubled. And all Israel with him. And when he had listen listen who he gets. When he had gathered this, show, this, show, this shows the lie that they told in John 8. We're not in bondage to any man. Herod, a, a, a Roman ruler, he, got, he said, y'all come. He didn't send them an invitation. He said, would y'all please come to my house? I want to talk to y'all. He gathered them. When he had gathered all the chief priests and all the scribes of the people together, he demanded of them. Where should Christ be born? Tell me they hadn't been doing some studying. They said unto him, Bethlehem of Judea. For thus it is written of the prophet, And thou, Bethlehem, in the land of Judah, art not the least among the princes of Judah, for out of thee shall come a governor that shall rule my people Israel. So they've been studying. They're looking for the Messiah. And our Lord turns around and he says to these, by, makes a declaration to them, search the scriptures. When he made that declaration, you do search the scriptures. He wasn't commending them for their diligent study or scrutiny of that Old Testament. What was he doing? He was reproving them. Reproving them because of Christ's next words to them. He said, you do. Ain't no question you study. You know when I was born. You know where I was going to be born. He turns to him and he says, For in them, in those scriptures you've been studying, what do they do? They testify, they witness of who? Of Messiah. 
amazed. There's no doubt that in the scriptures at that particular time, the Old Testament only, they declared the doctrine of eternal life. You say, no, it doesn't. Yeah, it does. Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. They declared eternal life. And he, Abraham, believed God. And if you don't think it was declaring eternal life there when that statement made, it was he, he counted it to him for righteousness. Go read what Paul says about that same thing in Romans chapter 4. This is eternal life. Old Testament scriptures contain all the promises concerning Messiah, contained all the types and shadows that pointed to the work of, of Christ as the Savior of, of his people. But that isn't what Christ is referring to when he made that statement. In them you think you have life. By Christ's words, for in them you think you have eternal life. You know what he meant? He meant they thought. Look it up for yourself. Look at the word. It means to imagine to oneself. They imagine by their having the Old Testament scriptures and by their studying the Old Testament Scriptures, and by their delivery of the Old Testament Scriptures as they stood before the Jews every Sabbath day and read the Scriptures, they thought that they had earned or could obtain eternal life based on that. Nothing could be further from the truth. Nothing. I tell you, that, that notion, that, I, that false notion, is totally contrary to the grace of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul told Titus, in Titus chapter 3, verse 5, you ought to memorize this word, this verse, not by works of righteousness which we have done. I would say studying and reading and, and understanding and following over the script, that would be a work of righteousness. But he says, not by works of righteousness which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us through the washing of regeneration and the renewing of the Holy Spirit. But see, here's the problem with these unregenerate Jews that they missed in searching the Scriptures. They are they which testify of me. You think of the irony of this. The same Scriptures which they imagine and suppose they deserved or had earned eternal life for searching, they testify, they witness of Christ's deity in his divine sonship. That word translated which testified, just like the previous time it's used and translated witness back up in the other verses we studied. It means to be a witness, to bear witness, that is to say to affirm that one has what one has seen or heard or experienced. And that he knows it because taught by divine revelation or inspiration. Well, that's a lot to say for those two words. Scriptures they searched testified, or they were a witness that he was Jehovah. That he was, like Isaiah said, the mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Father of his children, the Prince of Peace, the Son of God. The Old Testament scriptures were a witness of his offices, offices, <laughs> his prophet, priest. The king. 
The Old Testament scriptures were a witness of what? A virgin shall conceive. They witnessed the place of his birth. The Old Testament scriptures witnessed the miracles that he would perform. They witnessed the treatment our Lord Jesus Christ would receive up to and including his suffering and his death. They were a witness. The Old Testament scriptures were a witness what? Messiah is going to rise again. Going to stand on a holy hill. And they testify the Psalms do. Where's Christ at right now? He sits on the right hand of the majesty on high. If you want Old Testament scriptures on all those, I got them. Come to me later and I'll give you Old Testament scriptures on every one of those. But the final witness, the scriptures themselves are witness that our Lord, like, a, like a, the, the best lawyer that ever has stood before and, and tried a case, he closes it that he is the Son of God. Which brings us to these Jews' condemnation. Verse 40, you will not come to me that you might have life. Henry said this to me years ago. I heard it on a message and I heard it preach it with us. I stole it from him. And I use the same statement I have for 30-something years. Men will come to the front. They'll come to the fount. They'll come to a church. They'll come to one another. But they cannot and they will not come to Christ and his righteousness alone is their only ground, hope, and cause of salvation. Our blessed Lord Jesus Christ said to sinners, real sinners, laboring sinners, what did he say to us? Come unto me, all ye that labor and are heavy laden. Are you there? Labor, heavy laden. And I, what will I do? I'll give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart. And here it is again, you shall find rest. Unto your souls. Why? My yoke is easy. And my burden is light. Christ would later tell these same Jews. When they demanded of our Lord Jesus Christ. If you're the Christ. If you're him. Tell us plainly. He says. Why did he respond to her? I told you. And you believe not. The works that I do, see, going back, same, same witness he's all brought up in our, this discourse that we've been studying for the last several months. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. But you believe not, because you're not my sheep. As I said unto you, he was very frank with them. My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and what do they do? They do exactly what he said these guys won't do. They come, follow me. That, to follow, you've got to come. And I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. Christ would declare to these same Jews in John 6, All that the Father giveth me shall come to me, and him that cometh unto me I will in no wise cast out. Pretty clear. Then in verse 44 and verse 65, he says to these same Jews, No man can come to me except the Father which hath sent me drag him, draw him, physically draw him. 
and I'll raise him up at the last day. And he said, Therefore said I unto you that no man can come unto me except it were given unto him of my Father. And after Christ spoke that last verse in John 6, verse 65, the Scriptures record this for us. From that time, really times in italics, from that, that statement, no man can come to me except it's given unto him of my Father. Many of his disciples went back and walked with him no more. Christ then, what did he do? He turned to his disciples and he looked at them and he asked them a simple question. Will you go away also? Peter stood up as he always did and spoke for the group and what did he say? Lord, to whom shall we go? Thou hast the words of what? Eternal life. And we believe and are sure that thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. What kind of life? Thou hast the words of eternal life. What kind of life? Eternal life. Isn't it amazing by God's grace, sinners who need salvation from their sin, they saw Christ's person in his word. Eleven of those apostles, they saw and they believed. Blessed are your eyes for they see and your ears for they hear. Mary Magdalene, a woman out of which our Lord Jesus Christ cast seven demons. Right? I always find it ironic. The first person he appeared to after his resurrection was who? Not the one that they say is the Pope, Peter. He appeared to Mary Magdalene, and it tells us out of whom he had cast seven spirits. Evil spirit. She saw, and she believed. That Gadarene demoniac out there, unable to be chained, cutting himself, harming himself, out of his mind. By God's grace, what did he do? He saw, and he believed. That thief on the cross, he saw, he believed. Lord, when you enter into your kingdom, remember me. My stars, folks, even the demons, you hear me? Even the demons out of hell itself confessed that Jesus Christ was the Holy One of God. Listen, and there was in the synagogue a man with an unclean spirit, and he cried out, saying, Let us alone. What have we to do with thou, thou Jesus of Nazareth? Art thou come to destroy us? I know thee who thou art, the Holy One of God. Yet here are these Jews who searched the Scriptures, who studied the Scriptures, but they do not see God's Christ, and they will not come to Him that they might have life. When Christ said, you will not come to Him, they wouldn't come to Him. He wasn't talking about physical inability, because a lot of Jews came to Him. Some of them came for the loaves, didn't they? He asked them one time, did you hear from old bread? Some came for the miracles, seeking a miracle, wanting a miracle. Remember, they broke open the roof and dropped that guy down into where our Lord was at, seeking a miracle. 
Some just sought him out of curiosity. Wanting to find out what all the ruckus was about. So the issue wasn't physical inability. What was it? It was spiritual inability. They, they didn't have the faith of God's elect. And not having the faith of God's elect, which is a gift of God, they could not and they would not come to him for life. They wouldn't. Not only that, but folks, these guys didn't care about the eternal life that the Lord Jesus Christ was promising his people. What did they want? What did these Jews want? They wanted Israel restored to her former glory. They wanted a king set up again like King David. See, they misinterpreted everything. King David was not looking for King David. Who was King David looking for? He was looking for Messiah. He was looking for one to save him from his wretched sins. Totally and completely. According to the scriptures, Christ himself is this life that we've given. Which all those who are born of God, they desire. That's life. And thank God we actually possess this life in this present world as well as in the world to come. When Christ, our life, shall appear then shall we also appear with him in glory and see here's the thing only those who feel their need I wanted to sing that song this morning <laughs> come ye sinners only those who feel their need they're the only those who hunger and thirst after righteousness they seek and they find everything they need where in the promised redeemer I wrote it down. <laughs> I'll close with this. Come ye sinners, poor and needy, weak and wounded, sick and sore. Jesus ready stands to save you, full of pity, love, and power. Come ye thirsty, come and welcome. God's free bounty glorify. True belief and true repentance Every grace that brings you nigh. Let not conscience make you linger. Nor of fitness. And how many people are doing this? Nor of fitness, fondly drink. Trying to get better. All the fitness he requireth. Is to feel your need of him. Come ye weary, heavy laden, lost and ruined by the fall. If you tarry till you're better. And that's what these guys were doing, searching the scriptures, trying to get better. If you tarry till you're better, you will never come at all. May the Lord, by his grace, be pleased to draw his sheep to himself by the call of his voice that declares to them peace and safety and security and eternal righteousness for every one of the objects of his love. Let's stand together and we dismiss. I appreciate your presence. The Lord bless you. Remember to call your mom. Go see her if you can. Okay. Donald, if you would close this place, sir. <laughs>